Uh, our first speaker tonight is an amazing young lady in our church. She serves on our worship team. She's doing her first year internship. Um, I came to re worship rehearsal here with our team, with our band, not because I can sing or play anything. They just, uh, no, I'm definitely not going to sing. But uh, stop it, you're throwing me. <laughs> but she actually shared what God had been speaking to her, and I thought, man, she has got the fire of God on her tonight. So, hey, I want us to stand to our feet and give a big, warm welcome to Danica Broad as she shares. Wow. Hello. Wow. It's very different to be up on here. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm here because Josh made me do it. Um, thanks, Josh. That's great. Um, so first of all, I just um, want to honour someone. She's not here right now, I don't think, but it's still great to honour her. First of all, I'd just like to honour um, Lisa Moore because she is so amazing. She leads worship team every single week with a smile on her face and always comes and just loves on everyone with her whole heart. And she's just such an per amazing person. If you haven't met her, go talk to her because she's just amazing and so humble and encouraging. So, yeah, give it up for her. She's at home with her, with her little girls at the moment probably um, while they're running around. Um, so my soap is not a bar of soap. It's, yeah, you know. Um, so it comes from Habakkuk. I hope I'm saying it right because there's about 50 different um, versions of it. If you watch different videos, it's, it's a wild ride. Um, so it's Habakkuk 3 verse 18 and it says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. How's that? So pretty. And it's like, and it seems so nice and so easy to say it, but in the observation, so for the observation, it's such, I'm going to explain why these simple words have so much power. So you'll notice it starts off by saying, yet. This is Habakkuk choosing to praise God. This is so powerful because in, in the context of his situation, uh, just before this, he's been complaining to God. Uh, he's been, he's pretty much been like the younger child and being like, mom or dad. And so why he's complaining is because Israel is pretty much just turned from their faith, chosen to worship other gods and just, they're like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And so Habakkuk's pretty much just like, God, can you fix him? And so, um, I've never done that before. Um, so, so he's crying out to God to take action. And finally, God responds to him. And you know what he says to him? Have you guys read the book? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, so he says, I'm going to get your enemies to attack you. What? So Habakkuk's pretty much just like, excuse me, what did you just say? Um, that's not exactly the answer that I wanted. So I don't know if you've ever cried out to God and you're like, God, move this, fix this situation. Then he gives you an answer that you totally don't want. And you're like, can we go again? Can we, get a, can we get a different one? So what does he do? He complains again. And so here he is, he's complaining to God and God pretty much just says, just grab a pen, grab a pen, write this down. And so he gives him uh, this revelation that he's going to use Babylon, that's the em enemy, coming to attack him, not just him, all of Israel. 
He gives us revelation for the future, saying, I will put every single nation accountable, uh, every every single nation accountable in existence, uh, including Babylon, and 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 all those who choose to follow me, I will save them. And so he's saying that to him as well because he's faithful to God. So uh, here Habakkuk is at the end. He's just been told that his enemies are going to come attack him and come and evade him. And he stands in his field. He has no crops, no cattle, no, no crops or anything. And you know what he says? He says, praise God. How can, I'm sorry, but if you lost absolutely everything, would your first thought be, praise God? This is great. I'm loving life right now. What's that you told me I'm about to be attacked? Okay, that's great. You'd have to be a little bit crazy to think that. But it was because God lifted his eyes from his problems and showed him that there's a purpose in the chaos. And just as fear comes to take his heart and make him tremble, and he, he remembers the promise that God gives him and says, yet I choose to rejoice and be joyful. He realizes that what he's doing, he's not doing this in his own strength. He's finished the book. He finished the whole book by saying, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He enables me to tread on heights. So how does this apply to me? Thank you. Uh, so this, for application, how does this apply to me? I love you too. Because this is a... got to be serious. Come on. So how this applies to me? Because a revelation, it's a revelation for me to put the garment of praise on even when my enemies are attacking me. So, fuck. It's not me, it's him. So, and so... And it's not an easy thing to do to put that in, but the whole point of the garment of praise, if you search it up, is to replace the, uh, to replace the spirit of heaviness. And that is exactly the same situation that he was just in. He, he was being weighed down by being told that his enemies are about to take, uh, take over his whole place. And so just as I was asked, just after I was asked to speak at Emerge, and I said yes, obviously, because I'm right here, and so I went home, and all of a sudden, I had all these thoughts on my head, like, you're not worthy. Like, are you sure? It's like, you're not perfect. And so it's like, it's, uh, it's just all these thoughts. It's like, oh, but what if you mess up your words? You're not great with speaking and writing and all this stuff. What if you, like, just say some gibberish, and everyone just thinks you're speaking in tongues? Like, so, and do you remember what happened when you were younger? The last time you were asked to speak on stage, you could barely get your words out. What if that happens again? And so these words started to weigh on me, like I actually felt unworthy and nervous to speak, and it wasn't until I got in my car the other day, and I decided to put my praise playlist on, and I listened to the lyrics, and I sung God's truth and realized how untrue those words were, and the, the actual weight you feel lifts up. And you feel that joy come back in your heart because you start off by singing the song. It's just like, yeah, that, like with the start of the night, it's like, yeah, that's great. But at the end of it, you're like jumping up and down and having fun because you're living it in your heart. And so it's because God has made me worthy. It's because he is good and gracious. It's because of Jesus' sacrifice that I can walk to the throne of God with my head held high. It's because God, God doesn't love us because we're good or we do good things. He loves us because he is good. He doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. That's not me. That's, lots of people claim they've said that, so I'm not even saying who said that. I'm going to say God said that. Um, so we need to put the garment of praise on to replace that spirit of heaviness. And praise isn't just a song we sing in church or a feeling that we have. 
We need it, and it's, it's why we start every single service with a, praise, a song of praise, because it's so powerful. All throughout the Bible, there's stories of battles being won just purely from a shout of praise. Walls of Jericho fall down uh, because of just a shout of praise, even though for six days nothing has happened. So when trouble comes, you can either go to fear or you can go to faith. You have the choice to go, despite my circumstances, despite what the doctors tell me, I can praise God because He is deserving, He is more deserving of praise than my circumstances is worthy of complaint. And that's not an easy thing to do. Like, don't get me wrong and think, oh, this is so easy, guys, come on. It's not, it's not at all. It's not easy to praise God when you're weak and when you feel powerless. It's why it's a battle and it feels like you're lifting weights and it takes a lot of time to get it in your heart and believe it. But you have to get up. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. Get the word into your heart, into your mind and stand on his truth and not what the enemy whispers to you. So I, I recommend listening to um, I Still Praise You by um, Kingdom Culture Worship. There's heaps of amazing worship songs, even by C3. Um, so just get a, get a playlist and honestly, listen to it all the time because it lifts your mood so much more than you could ever think of. And um, so as you go into a week and you face the issues that are coming your way, put the garment of praise on. When you're in the valley, put the garment of praise on, knowing that God is with you and he is for you. So I'm just going to end in prayer. So if everyone wants to um, close their eyes. God, I pray that you will guide us about our lives, Lord. Lord, will you remind us not to rely on what we see, but on you, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight and put the garment of praise on every single morning when it seems hard to do. Lord, you are with us and you never leave us. So, Lord, I pray that everyone here will remember that you are a good father and you are worthy of every praise. Amen. Well done. Let's give it up for Danica. Put on the garment of praise. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful thought of when, uh, you guys can grab a seat. It's a powerful thought of when you feel under it, a, a bit of heaviness. Maybe, maybe you've been carrying a bit of pressure and to just actually go stop and go, you know what, I'm not gonna, I don't have to live in this rut. I don't need to live under this heaviness that if I can just take a step of faith, as Danica said, I can come above it. Uh, our church actually has a great Spotify playlist. If you go C3 Powerhouse, all the songs that we sing here on a Sunday, you can listen to. It's all the teams put it all together. But hey, let's thank Danica one more time. Well done. Well, our next speaker is uh, a mighty young man. He uh, recently got married. Not, not a big thing at all, just, you know, pretty casual. No, it's a significant moment. But, uh, and he's a part of our online team doing an absolutely amazing job online, helping Pastor Teresa make it all happen. And uh, one thing I love about Liam is that, well, okay, I, I got Liam Sarich, I'll tell you a little quick story about Liam, okay? So we were at Youth on Friday night. This was a long time ago. I was the youth pastor. Liam was a youth kid. And for whatever reason, uh, we got into a wrestling match <laughs> at youth. And I think, I think Liam accidentally put me through a wall. Um, 
Anyway, or maybe I accidentally, someone went into a wall. I can't remember for sure. Um, but uh, at that moment, I realized that he was like 16 and way stronger than me. And I've never admitted that until now. But anyway, Liam is a lot of fun. Liam is a lot of fun. So let's stand to our feet. Let's welcome Liam as he shares tonight. Hello, everyone. That was a lot of fun. I, th- I thought I got pretty close to you, but yeah, you've never admitted that every time I brought that up. So <laughs> it's out. It's out. Everyone knows. Just before I start, guys, I'd like to just honor someone who's had a huge impact on my life, and that's Pastor Teresa. Yeah. So Pastor Teresa was my supervisor through internship last year. I've been so grateful to be so close, work, working close with her ever since. Pastor T, you're a faith-filled, hard-working pocket rocket. You may, you're a make-it-happen person, and you have a huge capacity and love for people. You bring so much joy to me and everyone around you. I don't think I've ever talked to you and not felt encouraged or just cracking up laughing. So can we please give it up for Pastor Teresa? Cool. Thank you so much for this opportunity, guys. This is really cool. Thank you for giving me your time. So the scripture I want to look at tonight is from Luke 9.23. And it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So my observation of this, what does it mean to take up your cross? When Jesus gave these instructions to the disciples, he knew he was going to be he was going to die on a cross. He knew he was going to die by crucifixion. That's a hectic thing to, to have in your head and be faced with the night before that this is going to happen. Um, so he was saying this to the disciples. Jesus was beaten, betrayed, rejected by those he loved. I just want to paint a picture of actually how hard and how brutal this was. I promise it'll get more lighter at the end. (laughs) The cross that Jesus was forced to partially drag with the help of Simon from Cyrene weighed 135 kilograms with the cross beam weighing 45 kilograms. The walk that they took from Jerusalem to Golgotha, which is just outside the city, was 1.5 kilometers. It can take uh, one to three days to die on a cross, but for Jesus it only took six hours. Now, this might sound better, but it was because he was literally bleeding out. He, he died because he was, he, you could see the bone on his body. He'd been whipped and it was bad. So, yeah, it wasn't easy. So after looking at these points deeper, let's go back to what taking up your cross means. When Jesus said take up your cross daily, he didn't mean for that to be an easy feat because it wasn't easy for him. It is not meant to be something that is done alone or in isolation. It is not meant to be something. If Jesus took up his cross for us and our sins, I believe that when we take up our cross, we are doing it for others as well as ourselves. We are called to be a light to the world and a city built on a hill that cannot be hidden. To achieve this, we need people around us. We need our connect groups. We need our leaders. We need our friends and our family to help us along this journey. But most of all, to take up our cross daily, we need the Holy Spirit. 
with the Holy Spirit to guide us, to be our voice in the darkness, to be every, everything that you just said, Danica, to live above your circumstance. You need the Holy Spirit to not live in your circumstance, to be able to speak to your circumstance. You need the Holy Spirit. You're amazing, by the way. That was insane. Give it up for Danica. <laughs> so my next point says inconvenience or opportunity. One thing that I did not realize at the start of my Christian journey was how much it will actually cost to be a Christian. <laughs> the answer is everything. <laughs> if you're not a Christian, it's awesome. Trust me, it's a good thing. <laughs> Every time God's asked me to do something, it's always come with a little or a lot of inconvenience or sacrifice behind it. And the first real example of this was when God asked me to do internship. The word internship kept popping into my head for about a month in the most obscure places, probably about six or seven times. One time I was in the shower. <laughs> I was like, God. <laughs> uh, but, you know, God sees everything. I wrestled... <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a preach on that too. <laughs> I wrestled with the idea of how inconvenient this would actually be to do an internship, how much I would lose in finance and time until I finally submitted myself to do this after good counsel and a lot of prayer. The year that would follow would be the most wonderful and peaceful year filled with intimate moments with Jesus. Of course, it had its challenges too, but it was the year I learned what the scripture meant in Luke 9.23. That year and beyond was the first time I'd truly known why I was alive. I found in that year, I talked about, thought about, and tried to model Jesus to the best of my ability, um, and that I found in that, I found true life. I found once I gave my whole life as a sacrifice, God was able to actually abundantly bless me. In that year, I worked less, and I earned more than I ever have through starting a business. I saw a huge increase in my free time and a huge increase in my wage. The two things I was actually so worried about losing, which is super ironic. God, God's awesome like that. Um, God definitely rewards those who respond to his call, and sometimes God wants to inconvenience us to do a new thing in our heart or our life, and for me it was both. So it was awesome. Start looking at your inconveniences as opportunities to put him back in the center of your life. So how does this actually the scripture, taking up your cross daily, how does it apply to my life now? How do I actively try and apply this? Uh, applying this revelation to making it a daily habit is so, something I'm constantly working on, still trying to keep in the front of my mind. Uh, the, and for, the, for me, it's trying to take the inconvenient route, trying to do something that's probably not always comfortable. When you're comfortable, you're probably, you know, not doing what God wants, because usually it's quite uncomfortable to do what God wants you to do. I'm pretty uncomfortable right now. <laughs> but someone could get encouraged out of this, or someone could get inspired, so awesome. Um, but this week, um, the inconvenient route was actually postponing quite a well-paying job of an afternoon on Wednesday to come home spiritually and practically prepare for this moment. 
Out of that, a 26-year-old tradie on site asked me if I was going to do that other job today, and I said, no, I have to go home and prepare for a mini-preach at church. Talk about a good segue. (laughs) His eyes lit up, and we started to have a great conversation about church and beliefs and how he used to believe but drifted away. So eventually, I invited him to church, and he said no. <laughs> I knew, but I knew God was on that conversation, so I asked if I could pray for him, and his light, eyes lit up again. He let me pray healing into his body. He had heaps of, heaps of things wrong with him, and, he, and I just know the Holy Spirit touched him in that moment. He, it was a huge seed planting moment, and he just kept thanking me and was just so happy, and it was, it was awesome. And you don't do it for this reason, but after that, I was just so full. I was like, that's why we're alive, to just have those moments. So, and, and, and I'm not saying this to have a look at how good I am moment, but that's practically how I can live out this take up your cross daily, is when God goes, pray for that person, talk to that person. Um, just, yeah, it's, it's that. It's, I just want to encourage you to look for moments to take up your cross, moments to show love, uh, moments to pray for people and sometimes even just moments to listen. So, yeah. Uh, so p- my prayer and closing, closing thoughts on this, uh, I lived a life that I was scared to let go of. I didn't want to put it on the altar as a sacrifice or deny myself of it. I really used to enjoy the partying and the long nights, to be honest. I liked the people I, well, I thought I did. I liked the people I hung around with and I liked the adventure and the spontaneity of it all. Yet I vividly remember every Sunday morning feeling so void of life, like I was on a huge hamster wheel waiting to get to a place called happiness. And I'll let you in on a secret. It doesn't truly exist without knowing Jesus. So in closing, I'm going to leave you with three thoughts on this scripture from Luke 9.23. I'll just repeat it again so you've got it fresh. (laughs) Fresh. (laughs) Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So my number one takeaway for this is taking up your cross is something to be done in relationship with people and the Holy Spirit. It's not an isolated event you you should do on your own. Jesus didn't do it, so we shouldn't. Number two, look for moments of inconvenience to be able to shine God's light because those are the moments where Jesus was inconvenienced everywhere he went. People were grabbing him. People were saying, come do this. And he responded, so we should too. My, my last takeaway is God didn't intend this walk to be easy. And we all know anything worth having doesn't come easy. And anything that comes easy isn't worth having. Sometimes God does things the hard way. I just want to thank you so much for this time and just close in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this platform. Lord, I pray that as we go about our week, we can choose an inconvenient route to shine your light. Lord, I just pray for everyone here that they can feel your love this week, Father, and be able to impart it to someone in some way that they might not have before. Father, let us think of you in everything we do. Thank you so much for this church. Thank you so much for our leaders, and just bless everyone here for listening to me. Amen. Amen. Good job, Liam. Well done. Pick up your cross. You guys can grab a seat. Uh, pick up your cross. Take a step of boldness. Take a, you know, embrace the awkwardness or the inconvenience and let Jesus shine through you. One of the things that I 
I, I loved about Liam's message was that even the process of trying, of doing it can be tough afterwards, feeling so alive and so full. And that's the amazing thing about, our, about God is that despite our external circumstance or despite what maybe uh, we might be feeling, God is bigger and always has more love for us and uh, such a powerful, powerful revelation. Let's thank Liam one more time. Well done, mate. Well, our final speaker uh, tonight is Sam Byrne. Now, for those who don't know Sam, he is a wonderful young man in our church. He has been, how long have you been coming to our church now, Sam? Eight years. Uh, came along to our youth ministry. And ever since Sam's been coming along to our youth group, every year he has grown and he's just flourished more and more in his walk with God. He is a psychologist. He's studying his master's in psychology at the moment. And he's a very smart cookie. So, I, but one thing I love about Sam is that he is a God seeker. And uh, he has shared on this platform before what it has meant to him to seek God. So I know as he shares tonight, he's going to have uh, some amazing words for us. So let's stand and welcome Sam as he comes and shares. Hey, you can grab your seat. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Liam. You're like a Bible teaching slash evangelist, man. You're amazing. You're like rolling out all the facts about Calvary and just going for it. So love you, man. And Danica, how good were you? You're like on fire, got the humor going. So we love you. Would you put your hands together for these two? And uh, someone I also want to share the love on is Bruce McCready. We love you, Bruce. Um, you are such a humble man. Uh, Bruce is my Connect coach. He coaches me in all things Connect to do with guys, and he's such an encourager. He's a spirit of Barnabas on him. He's such a genuine, faithful man. So we love you, Bruce. We appreciate you. And uh, we love that you're here. And my scripture uh, for tonight is something that I wouldn't normally speak on, um, but it's something that I was reading my Bible, and it stuck out to me just without context, and it's been around my head for the last two weeks. Um, but it is Acts chapter 11, verse 9. And if we can throw that up there, it says, The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. My observation is, number one, the first observation always when you're reading Scripture is context. What does it mean in the Bible? And the, the observation here is essentially Jesus telling Peter that he can share the gospel, share the good news with other cultures. Because up until that point, the Jewish culture thought that other nationalities were impure and unclean. And up until that point, they just kept Jesus within that mix. But it was Jesus telling the other cultures, you can share me, you can go out there, because I've said that they are clean. I've declared that they need Jesus. So that is number one. The second observation is cleansing. That it says that it was one thing, but then God came in. He intervened. He transformed. And now because of that, there is a cleansing. Something has happened, and it is different to what it was before because of God. And this leads us to the third observation, 
that Peter sees it as this old thing. But then God comes and he says, no, 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 don't call it that old thing. I've transformed it. It was this, but now it's this. You see it as the old place, but I've put my hand in. I've transformed it. And now you can't call it that anymore because it is different. It is new. And I have seen it another way. And you need to raise your expectations and see it the same way I see it. Peter saw it one way. God saw it another. Application. So the first application is obviously in Scripture, the context. So we know that because of that moment, that moment, we now have Jesus because Peter shared the gospel um, outside that. So thankful for that. But the amazing thing about the Bible is that you can read something and get personal revelation too. So the second application, my personal application that I got out of this is do not call, it says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. My interpretation is do not call yourself impure when God has made you clean. And I wouldn't say I regularly think of myself as impure or unclean. But it's that moment where, as we said just before, we see ourselves in one way. Yet God says, I see you like this. And I've had various moments in school and university or work where I've been left out of things. I've been isolated. And I've seen myself as alone, weak, isolated. Where I've done things perhaps that I shouldn't have, said things that I shouldn't have, and I've felt guilt. I've seen myself as shameful. I've lost jobs that I thought was leading me to my destiny, and in that moment, I felt like a failure, incompetent, weak. When my parents divorced, and I love both my parents, and I don't want anything to come against them, or, but to see kind of stuff that the devil can get in on you, some mindsets that come in on your family, how he attacks his sisters, I've been called various things. Idiot, slow, awkward, uh, not good enough, incompetent, you'll never have a future. All of these things, and you see yourself, and all of these things that people have said against you. But in all of these times, when I've seen myself one way, God sees me another way. And this may be all of us tonight that somehow as life goes on, stuff hits the fan. And either we're forgotten, it gets washed out of us, something happens and we're trying to fit in and people call us stuff or maybe we call ourselves stuff and we forget who God made us. But God sees us one way. He sees us His way. And he says, do not call yourself impure when I have made you clean. 
He says, do not let other people tell you who you are when you are mine. Do not call yourself weak when I see you as fearfully and wonderfully made. Do not call yourself guilty when I have seen and forgiven you. Do not call yourself bound when I see you as free. Do not call yourself invisible when I see you. Do not call yourself a victim when I have set you apart to make a difference. Do not call yourself a failure when I see you as beautiful, mistakes and all, and someone that I would die for. Do not call yourself, do not dare Call yourself disqualified when I have a unique calling, purpose, and plan for you and you alone. Do not call yourself alone. When I love you undoubtedly, absolutely, and in a way that you deserve and are made for, do not call yourself insignificant, common, unimportant when I see you as unique, powerful, and my child. God says, do not call yourself unwanted when all I want is you. And that's what Jesus sees in you. That's what he died for. That we see ourselves as one thing, but he sees you as his. Come on, just in the room, would you close your eyes as we finish in prayer? Holy Spirit, right now we just honor your presence. We thank you, Lord, for every single thing that they have said about us. Because it leads us back to you. Lord, that you have the final say. And tonight, Lord, we honor you and give you all the glory that you are bigger than all of this. And we love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Beautiful. Right now, if you're here and you don't know how much God loves you, maybe you've been doing life and you've maybe experience some of those things that we've spoken about. Let me tell you that God's been pursuing you since the day that you were born. He loves you so much. And he's been, he's been calling you home. And I'd love to offer an opportunity right now for every single person in this room to accept God into your life. See, my story is, is that I grew up in church, but I didn't always know God. Is that I was going to Sunday services, but I never knew who He was. And it wasn't until I was 16, 17, when in a moment just like this, I put my hand up and I accepted Jesus into my life. Before then, I was without purpose, directionless, full of anxiety thought life was meaningless. But when I put my hand up, something changed in my heart. And in that moment, things started happening and I stand before you now, not a perfect person, but someone who has God in his life. Someone who has found the purpose that he was made for. And that is for you tonight. You find meaning, you find hope, you find joy, you find happiness, you find the person who made you, and there's nothing better in this world. So all across this room, would you close your eyes and would you bow your head? And I want to offer three types of people in this room the opportunity to accept Jesus into their heart. 
And just while you've got your eyes closed and your head bowed, just at the end of it, I'll get you to raise your hand just while everyone's still in their seat. First type of person is, maybe you're here and you don't know anything about church, Christianity, God, but you've been feeling some of those things that maybe we spoke about tonight and you know in your heart that you need Him. There's an aching in your heart for the moment where God's been calling you. The second type of person is maybe you're here and you once went to church, you went to Sunday school, maybe you went to church a little while ago, but something happened, life got busy, and you know you need to come back to Him. He's calling you home. In just a moment with this first group, I'll get you to raise your hand too. The third group of people, if you're here tonight and you don't know whether you're going to heaven, you think you have an idea, but you are not, you don't have that assurance in your heart that you are going to see God. I'd love to say a prayer with you. And we can be sure you can have that assurance. So if that's you right now, if you're one of those three groups of people, I would love you just in your seat to raise your hand. Just be bold and say, yeah, God, I need you. Jesus, I'm yours tonight. And I feel like there's people here that have been thinking about it, just been wavering on it. In these moments, often our head goes fast and our hearts go slow. Awesome, I see that hand. And I just encourage you, jump out of the plane. Take the leap of faith that God has called you. He's calling you home in this moment. He loves you so, so much. There's already one hand. Is there anyone else in here tonight? Jesus, Jesus. Beautiful. Right, just with your eyes still closed. One person has said yes to God, which is absolutely amazing. And all together, we're going to say this prayer. From this moment on, this life is going to change for eternity as they accept God into their life. But we're all going to say this together. And if that's you and you, raise your hand and say this with your heart. Would you repeat after me, church? Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'm turning to you. I surrender my life. I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. I declare him as Lord, and I ask Jesus into my heart. I thank you today. I am forgiven, born again, set free, and going to heaven. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Come on, would you give the Lord some praise for that one person? Amen. And uh, hey, if that's you and you're here tonight and you gave your heart or maybe you wanted to, I would encourage you to keep doing two things. Uh, number one, or sorry, before that, someone is going to come find you and give a little gift and say hi and support you. 
We'll pray for you in this moment. But um, two things that we love to encourage those people. Number one, keep coming to church. Keep being surrounded by the people that love Jesus and love uh, God and will support and pray for you in this journey. Number two, there is an amazing course called Alpha, which is built for people who have just made that decision. And it talks about answering the questions that you may have about Christianity, church, or God. So keep doing those two things. But would you give your hands together for Jesus as I invite Isaac up? Thank you so much.